1979, the Iranian Revolution happened. Uh, an Islamic government took over. My family thought that it would be best for us to leave since you know, we weren't Muslim. And mm-hmm. they were starting to become quite strident in how they wanted to run the country. And uh, we loved our fellow uh, Muslim Iranians, but we, we didn't necessarily think that uh, the government felt the same way about non-Muslims. So we left. We moved to the West. Initially, we went to Greece for a couple of years, and uh, we applied for uh, permanent residency in Canada. We got that in 82. I came here in 1982. I was just shy of my 15th birthday. And it, it, it was, um, to say the least, uh, daunting for me. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today I have fellow podcaster and host, and I was on his show not that long ago, Nikki Billow. So Nikki uh, operates the podcast or hosts the podcast, The Thought Leadership Revolution. He's also author of the brand new book, The Thought Leader's Journey. Now, Nikki has an amazing story of immigrating to Canada from Iran when uh, there was the uprising and just, you know, as a teenager coming into a new country, uh, all the dynamics and how he overcame that and just overcame his fear to be a successful coach of other entrepreneurs, individuals, and leaders. So we're very pleased to have Nikki on the show. With that, one of the things that Nikki talks about is the work that CRG does and said, okay, you know, what is our brand? What, is, what do we stand for? And CRG helps others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And, but holistically, we really want to create self-awareness that leads to self-mastery. And for today, we want to focus on, since CRG sponsors this show, we want to focus on the CRG Why Aren't You More Like Me e-course. So we take our personal style indicator, which is a replacement for many of the other personality assessments out there, and most people prefer our tool now after 40 years, and really help to get to know yourself because the research shows if you don't know yourself, our ability to be intentional, be clear, to realize your purpose to fulfill yourself and not from again from a self-centered point of view from a self-honoring point of view so we do now have that full e-course why aren't you more like me we'll have it in the show notes on how to find out where to look at the review there and get it and complete that and we'd love uh, to hear your feedback if you take the course as far as how it's transformed your life One of the things we like to thank you is spending your most valuable commodity with us. That's your time. If you like what we're doing, please share, pass it on, uh, leave a positive remark or rating in whatever format you're listening to. So thank you again for listening to Secrets of Success. And here's today's guest, Nikki Billow. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, each week I am treated with amazing guests, people who have excelled in their space and today is no exception. I've had the privilege of actually being on his podcast already and he has a brand new book that's out as well and we'll talk about that during the show and leadership and really developing ourselves and you know just fine-tuning our thoughts. So welcome to the show, Nikki Billow. Nikki, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. It's a privilege to be on the show with you, my man. I am so thrilled and honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, and you're a fellow podcast host, and we'll talk about that in a minute as well. So I remember when we first chatted, you were on some golf course in California, I think. 
Actually, I was in the mountains. <laughs> or maybe you were doing a wine tour. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway. And you, and you took the time to chat with me, so that was kind of you. Oh, man, my pleasure. My pleasure, yeah. So it was Big Bear City, California, where John Wayne used to make all his crazy movies that were, that were supposedly set in Alaska and cold places. He did them all up in Big Bear City. Yeah, I get that. So, uh, Nikki, you know, we, we uh, want people to get to know you a little bit more, you know, before we get into some of your expertise around leadership. Now, before we go into the show, what's the name of the new book that's just been released? Now, of course, people are listening to this podcast maybe like five years later after we've recorded it. But at time of recording, what's the name of the book that you just released? The book's called The Thought Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life. And what it is, is it's a story told in the form of a parable, similar to the style of Ogmandino in his famous books, you know, The Greatest Salesman in the World, The Greatest Secret in the World, The Greatest Success in the World. And Robin Sharma told in the style of his books like The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, The Leader Who Had No Title, and The 5 a.m. Club. Mm. And those are all awesome. And so that's great. And we'll come to your book here in a minute. So we appreciate that. And, and congratulations on all the work to put that together. Thank you very much. So as we think about SOS listeners, who is Nikki? So we'd like to kind of go right back to the beginning, Nikki, about where did you grow up and what was sort of your heritage as a kid? So I was, born, I was born in Iran. Uh, I am a Christian Iranian, which is rare because Iran is over 99.5% Shia Muslim. Um, my family are uh, Ashuri, Assyrians. Ancient Assyria was uh, the warrior kingdom that conquered ancient Babylon. And wow. uh, they themselves in turn were conquered by the Persians. And uh, uh, many Assyrians right now live in what's modern-day Iraq. And unfortunately, uh, ISIS has been going after them and killing many of them. Um, however, uh, one of the great things about uh, ISIS losing much of its territory is it doesn't get to do that anymore. Um, I grew up in Iran in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, in 1979, the Iranian Revolution happened. Uh, an Islamic government took over. My family thought that it would be best for us to leave since you know, we weren't Muslim. And mm-hmm. they were starting to become quite strident in how they wanted to run the country. And uh, we loved our fellow uh, Muslim Iranians, but we, we didn't necessarily think that uh, the government felt the same way about non-Muslims. So we left. We moved to the West. Initially, we went to Greece for a couple of years, and uh, we applied for... Uh, permanent residency in Canada. We got that in 82. I came here in 1982. I was just shy of my 15th birthday. And it it, it was, um, to say the least, uh, daunting for me. Uh, You know, I was a teenage boy in two brand new countries in less than two years. Not sure of uh, how things worked. Not sure what the culture was all about. But um, over time, got to see that Canada is a great nation and the people are great people. And what's incredible mm. about this amazing country is that we're free. Uh, I can speak badly about our leaders and not be worried about being hauled off to jail, tortured, and killed. And that's an incredible thing. And mm-hmm. Canada has given me and my family the opportunity to be whatever we want to be. It's the easiest place in the world to start a business. And uh, there are so many people from so many parts of the world that nobody looks at your background. Everybody looks at who you are, what, what's your character, what are your skills, how can you be of service? And that's been incredible. And I'm so blessed and grateful to be living in this great nation. Mm-hmm. Well, we welcome you, Nikki. And, you know, my experience with you is I'm glad you made it. 
I'm, well, I'm privileged <laughs> to call you one of my new colleagues for sure. So Nikki, with that, I want to just scroll back a second. And that is uh, just a little bit dynamics about your family, siblings, what do your parents, what were their professions and, and, and what did they do and what did they end up doing in the 80s when they came to Canada? Well, I have two brothers. They're both younger than me. Um, one of them right now has been a professor and a philanthropist and an entrepreneur. So he's taught at Western Business School for quite some time. He's taught at a whole bunch of other schools, including HSC in Quebec, University of Mexico, University of Mexico City. He's taught at INSEAD. He's taught at um, Hassel Plattner Institute in Berlin as well. Quite an accomplished man. He also is the head of a nonprofit called Humanos. Humanos goes to um, countries in Latin America. He's been to Nicaragua several times, and he helps bring business principles to very poor villages and he helps empower them so they can create a dynamic economy. Mm. And it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's his life's work. He's phenomenal at that. And on top of that, he does some consulting for, for corporations uh, as well. And Niels um, has got a big heart. I mean, he is a fantastic, fantastic person. My brother Nima, he's the youngest baby of the family. He is in the financial services industry. He's been a business analyst. He goes and looks at companies, balance sheets, and business activities. And he does write-ups on these companies and what he thinks their prospects are. Niels has a son. Uh, Nima has uh, four kids, two boys, two girls. Um, I have two sons myself as well. My mom and dad, my dad's always been an entrepreneur. Mm. He's run several companies, although unfortunately right now his health isn't doing too good. He's in a home. He's paralyzed on one side of his body, and he's got a mild form of dementia. He's had uh, several strokes, so that's unfortunate. My mom, um, she has been a nurse. She has been manager of a bookstore. She has been a real estate agent. In fact, she's still a part-time real estate agent, but again, she's, she's getting old too. She's in her late seventies and, uh, you know, she works a little bit, spends a lot of time, uh, hanging out with her grandkids, which is wonderful. And Good. yesterday well, was Mother's Day. We got to, we got to spend some time with her. Uh, my sons and I, and we took her out for lunch, which was great. That's nice. So Nikki, obviously you have a heritage. You're, it sounds like you're really tight with your family. And so, when, so here you are in Canada, you're 82, you're a teenage boy. What are some of the things that you really needed to deal with emotionally, personally, mentally, even spiritually to sort of uh, push through at that time in your life that, that listeners would gain from some of these insights? Well, brother, I was just a scared teenage kid. I didn't know which way was up. And I was in a brand new culture and I, I didn't know how, to, how I fit in. You know, it, it just took time, it took time to understand what this country was all about. And, and, um, there's no well, more what characteristic, what characteristic and quality did you end up, you know, be, um, I get that being scared and just kind of the uncertainty of the whole thing, but what characteristic or quality sort of, do you think you and, or your family embrace so that you could move through to the other side? Cause not everybody makes it right. Other individuals go down a well, different path. Than you have did. to embrace the country, and we embraced Canada. We embraced what this country stood for, and we made friends. You know, I had a lot of friends growing up, uh, and my, my family did too. It's important to make friends because then mm. you can weave yourself into the social fabric, and that's what we did. That's what I did. Um, and and over time, I just got to see all that was wonderful and beautiful about Canada. Okay, awesome. Canada to me is 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 more than a place; it's an idea. 
Mm. It's an idea that anyone who comes here can be whatever they want to be. No one will get in your way. Your ethnic background won't stop you. Your religion won't stop you. Nothing will stop you except you. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the most tolerant place on earth. And people need to remember that because that's what makes Canada great. And mm -hmm. I'm saddened by some politicians, like unfortunately our current prime minister, who don't see that and are trying to divide people in order to win elections. But on the ground, the Canadian people, they look past their superficial differences and they see what unites all of us. And that's what I love about being in this great country. Mm -hmm. And well, I appreciate that, Nikki. So, you know, when we think about this, um, one of the things is when, you know, as far as going forward, what, after you finished high school, what was sort of the direction that you started to embrace in your history there? Well, I went to university and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, that was clear. My mom and dad wanted, especially my mom wanted me to get a job. I think my dad always wanted me to be an entrepreneur, but my mom wanted me to get a job because that's, you know, typical immigrant boy, mm -hmm. become a doctor, become a lawyer, get a job, that sort of thing. But that, that was never my deal. That was never my shtick. Um, I did it for a while, but it didn't work. Um, uh, university was great. I did well in school. I went to the University of Toronto for my undergraduate. I did my master's at a place called Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Uh, and, uh, you know, my first couple of years in school, I did okay. Uh, but year three and year four, I really shined. My GPA went up by a, over a full grade point in, into the A range. And, uh, and my master's, I, uh, you know, I think I did something like a 3.85 out of 4.0. So I did all right. Mm -hmm. I got to meet some of the most iconic uh, American leaders of the time. I studied in a class under Dr. Madeleine Albright, who later on became Secretary of State under Bill Clinton. I studied under a man named uh, Ambassador David Newsom. He was acting Secretary of State under Jimmy Carter. He helped negotiate an end to the hostage crisis. I studied under Dr. Chuck Crocker. He was... Uh, Assistant Secretary of State under President Ronald Reagan, and he helped uh, found the nation of Namibia, you know, um, and I, I, got, I got to be with uh, a man named Smith Wood, who was a super successful entrepreneur and helped light that fire further for me. It was incredible being in Georgetown. It was incredible to be able to experience wow. that, in, that, that country. And the time I was there was 89 and 91. That was when the Cold War was ending, you know, the Berlin Wall fell while I was in school. And I, I, I was a freedom lover. I really supported uh, Ronald Reagan in his efforts to, uh, to end the Cold War by uh, the better angels of freedom winning it. Mm -hmm. And when I saw uh, Reagan deliver that speech in 87 uh, in Berlin and saying, Mr. Gorbachev, if you believe in peace, if you believe in freedom, tear down this wall. I, I, I mean, those words still reverberate throughout my soul. Mm. And then two years later, the wall fell. And then all these captive nations in Eastern Europe, one by one, became free. The Polish Pope, who had so much to do with the rise of freedom, uh, got to visit his homeland again when it was free. It, it, it was a magnificent time. Uh, it was a time where um, anything seemed possible. And I was just mm. grateful to get to be in Washington, D.C., when... President George H.W. Bush, Bush the Elder, presided over that. And I always felt that 
he got a bum rap. He, I think he deserved a second term. He should have won it because basically he navigated the end of the Cold War without taking off the Russians and starting a thermonuclear exchange. So um, it was an incredible time to be alive and get to witness cool. that. Those are some pretty heavyweight names that you just threw out there Nikki, to be to be under. <laughs> pretty cool. Now, there was a question that I had, I had in my head that I skipped over and I want to come back. In, and then I want to get into your current work. So thank you for all of that, Nikki. And sounds like you were yeah. very fortunate and blessed to have these amazing 100%. mentors around you, for sure. <laughs> but one of the things that I am really picking up your heart, Nikki, is just your sincere appreciation of what it means to live in a free country. Do you feel that the people who are born here, who have not been through the trauma that you've been through, take for granted the dynamics yes. and don't necessarily appreciate what's going on here. What would you say? hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. They don't get it. Um, what, what is it that they don't get? What is it that if you want to listen to they're born in a free country that you don't really appreciate? Freedom is precious. Freedom is amazing. And they, they need to be careful about these charlatans that are in office that are trying to divide us. I mean, it, it just blows me away that our current prime minister in particular keeps saying that there's so many people, Canadians, who are uh, racist and sexists and homophobes and all that. And that's just not my day-to-day experience of life. You know, mm. uh, we're living in 2019, not 1959. That, that kind of stuff he's talking about just doesn't happen that way. Yeah, mm. I'm not saying there's no racism. I'm not saying there's no sexism or homophobia. It exists. But let me tell you, it is not mainstream. Definitely not. The average person in Canada tries very hard to be a good, tolerant person. Very hard. Mm-hmm. And I, and I got to tell you, it really upsets me when a politician tries to pretend that's not so in order to win votes, to scare good people into thinking other people don't like them because of who they are. And I'm here to tell your listener. I love you. I love you for being you. I love you for being Canadian, black, white, red, green, man, woman, gay, straight, transgender, whatever you are. I love well, you. This podcast goes around the world. So wherever it is, well, right? There you so go. If it's the U.S., 100%. if it's Europe, if it's Asia, we're in. 100%. Well, then e- e- even, even better that that's the case because politicians have been doing this since Roman times. Divide and conquer. Don't let them. Don't let them. Any politician who seeks to divide and say, this group hates you, when that's clearly not your day-to-day experience, don't let them do it. Mm -hmm. Don't let them do it. Knock that person down, vote them out of office, get rid of them. They're bad Mm -hmm. people. Oh, I sensed your passion at the beginning, Nikki, when you started to talk about it. And I, I, I didn't want the show to be about it, but I think it's important for those of us that are listening, or those of you that are listening, pardon me, that, you know, it's important that we appreciate sort of the conditions that we have been gifted with if we were born in free countries. Now, if you're in a country where you don't have it, then that's part of, you know, why Nikki and I do podcasts is to hopefully encourage you that as Nikki's family has done is broken free from that. And then there's other countries that are like, I was there, not there, but with the wall uh, coming down too, and just the dynamics of that and how uh, amazing that was and what that's done for quote unquote, the German, both East and West at that time. So Nikki, thank you for that. Yeah, man, you bet. No, this definitely, I don't, I definitely don't want this to be about politics, but I, I want to make sure your listener really hears this, that 
we have a precious gift here and it's all up to all of us to save it and make sure that it, that it doesn't get frittered away by those who would seek to rule us. That's all. Mm-hmm. So now Nikki, you finished university. Uh, what were some of the, you know, before we get into your current work right now, what were some of the things you did after you finished your master's degree? Well, I went and I worked for a corporation uh, called uh, Unitel, uh, which later was bought by AT&T. And I was there for um, a few years. So you made your mom happy for a moment. Yeah, for a moment. (laughs) And then I moved to a different corporation, Clarinet PCS, which was later bought by TELUS. And I briefly left to go to the Middle East to work with my father and um, some of his uh, compatriots. But the timing for that was all wrong. It was a time where the price of oil was tanking and um, our business there was dependent on the price of oil. So that unfortunately didn't last very long, just a few months. I had to come back. And then I worked with another telecom company and then an internet company and then a high-tech security company. And then that last company went bankrupt during the internet uh, bust. And when that happened, um, I was in a funk. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And you know, God showed me a way. I need to be in business for myself. I briefly got a job for another six months, but that didn't go well. So I got out of that. And then I started a business of my own. I went into the fitness training field initially because I was passionate about fitness. Uh, I got to be partners with Donovan Bailey, uh, great Canadian Olympic champion, and Mark McCoy, another great Canadian Olympic champion. I did some of my own training. Um, and that went on for quite a while. But you know, it didn't feel like it was fully the right path. And then life hit me with something unexpected. My then wife um, decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. At the time, it was a huge surprise. Uh, devastating to me. Uh, there were moments where I, I wasn't allowed to see my sons for a while because of all the legal shenanigans involved. Uh, I, I, I didn't know if I even wanted to live because not seeing my sons was killing me. Mm. And um, you know, I blamed her. I was really angry with her for quite some time. But uh, I hired uh, some uh, guides and coaches and mentors. I joined some men's groups. And over, over a long period of time, I managed to forgive her and myself and took responsibility, stopped blaming her. And um, the moment I did that energetically, something shifted. She called me 10 minutes later in tears, crying, apologizing. We very quickly and smoothly handled our divorce. Um, today, we had a great relationship. We've been away on vacation twice together with the kids one time with my current lady, which is pretty crazy. If you, if you ask me, well, well, is that the definition of awkward or what? No, it wasn't awkward at all. It was great. Everybody had a great time. Um, I had no problem with her being there. She had no problem with me being there and she and my lady got along great. Um, kids had a good time. That was the main thing. So, um, yeah, we did all that. And, 2013 rolls around. I've been trying to figure out which way is up. I see a man deliver a talk. Uh, I knew I didn't want to do fitness for too much longer. And he was speaking to me. So I hired him to coach me. I came up with a book and uh, a program based on having the mindset of a champion performer, you know, because I've worked with Olympic gold medalists. I, I had that background. And that book, I, I haven't sold a lot of copies of that book, but I've given it away three, 4,000 times. I probably sold a couple thousand copies as well. But that book's made me over a million dollars because that book put me in front of people who 
resonated with its message and ended up hiring me to do professional speaking engagements, to do coaching, group coaching, you name it. Mm-hmm. And that really put me on the path that I am on now. My last fitness client um, and I ended up working together. We started eCircle. And initially we ran peer groups for business owners and that went well for about a year and a half, two years. And then he brought me this whole concept of helping people like him and I, which were solopreneurs, small business owners, really micro business owners almost, who had a passion and an expertise, but didn't monetize it well. And there was an organization out of Australia called Thought Leaders Global that had successfully done this for a couple of decades. So we studied some of their methods. We licensed some of their material and brought it to Canada and the U.S. And we started to work with coaches, consultants, experts of all kinds. And that really worked. Um, we've had over 100 people. Now, he and I split up about a, um, you know, a year ago. It became a, his earnout ended at the end of 2018. But we've had over 100 people attend our quarterly workshops and about half of those, 52 or so, have done a full year program that we have all around thought leadership and what I call heart leadership. And out of those 52, here's what's startling, Ken. Mm-hmm. 32 have added between 100K and $2 million a year to their business. That's crazy, you know, because. Most people who run programs to help people become more successful, they don't have those kinds of success rates. The success rates are 5% or less. So, so Nikki, let's just take a break here so that the listeners really get some hard data from you and some specifics. First of all, what, do you, what did you learn not only from the, the peer groups, but also from the work that you're doing right now? But what's missing for a lot of entrepreneurs or leaders? So what, what was part of the discovery? And then I want to get into, at a granular level, what these people have done so that they can you know, have this exponential growth. So first of all, what did you discover in these peer groups and in your current groups of what, where the gaps are for these people? I mean, they're sharp people, I right? I, I, I want to be clear. I didn't discover it in the peer groups. I discovered it from the work I was doing on myself primarily. And then um, it was just confirmed in the groups. Okay? okay. Because I worked with a lot of clients one-on-one and myself. But here's the truth. Ken, most people, experts like you and I, are not branded. They are not branded in, and by branded, I, I don't mean that they don't have a logo. I mean, everybody can get a logo, but the marketplace does not recognize them as an expert in their field. That's mm. what I mean by not branded. Because brand isn't what you say about you. That's boasting. According to one of my mentors, a guy named Raymond Aaron, brand is what the marketplace says about you. So most people aren't branded. Um, mm-hmm. According to Raymond, less than 3% of people in our space are branded. Right. So that hurts because if no one knows why they should do business with you, they won't do business with you. Right. And the problem is they all sound the same, look the same. Hi, I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. I can help you with A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. I can help you with your relationship. I can help you with your business. I can help you with your kids. I can help you with your health. I can help you with your fitness. I can even help you answer the question of what is the meaning of life. And guess what? 
If you can do all those things, no one's going to trust that you're an expert in any of them. You're like the Swiss Army knife of coaching and consulting. And Swiss Army knives are great, but when was the last time you used a screwdriver on your Swiss Army knife versus an actual screwdriver? Right? Fair enough. And that is what people don't get. When you try to be all things to all people in our industry, you won't make a lot of money. So there's a fellow I've, I've been working with. His name is Carl Kramer. Great guy. He's been an executive coach for over a decade. Really good at what he does. Never made more than seven, eight K a month. Now that's not bad, but it certainly isn't anything to write home about. Right. Mm -hmm. And Carl just said, I'd like to consistently make 12,000 a month. That would be awesome. And then he said, Oh my God, can I do 20? So it took us six months to get everything sorted out for Carl because he was tied up in a lot of different knots, knots that he had chosen to be tied up in. But we showed him how to specialize. So he went from being an executive coach, of which there are gazillion, mm -hmm. to being a coach who works with law firms that want to grow. So if you have a law firm and you want to grow that business, Carl's your guy. So, Ken, here's the beauty of this. Wow. In the first three months of 2019, Carl made more money than he made all of last year. He averaged 30000 plus a month. In April, he took half the month off. He made $38,000. And it's because he works with lawyers, he's able to charge more because he specializes and he gets a result for those guys. He helps these guys, somebody with a three hundred dollars to $500,000 firm or even a million dollar firm, double the size of their business. Now, let me, say, let me tell you something. If you owned a firm that was let's say conservatively $300,000 and someone helped you double it in size to $600,000. Would you be willing to pay him 25 grand to do that? More than likely. I mean, if you wouldn't, you'd be pretty, pretty dumb businessman, wouldn't you? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what Carl's message has been. And he's got like a track record and he introduces, you know, prospects to other clients of his who talked to him, to them. And his conversion rate's like 60% now. 60% of the people he meets with want to do business with him. Mm. Well, he's very you specific know, in his market now, so he knows who to talk to, how to build it, what to do with it, um, what to do with them, pardon me. Exactly. So that's, that's amazing. What else did you discover? You said you were working on yourself, and then you were... I discovered I charged too little. <laughs> and I discovered all my clients charge too little. And here's the problem with charging too little. If you charge too little, people won't value the solution you're offering them. They'll have something that Jack Canfield calls shelf esteem. You ever heard that phrase before, shelf esteem? I've met Jack, but I've not heard that one. So shelf esteem is Shelf what? esteem is like when you buy books and programs that go on your shelf to give you self esteem. Mm. Rather than do the work. <laughs> so... I'm embarrassed, but I have a couple hundred books on my shelves I have bought and not read. And I have a half a dozen programs of 500 to $2,000 that I bought and not really utilized. If you charge someone too little, you don't have any leverage to make them take action. But if you charge that person, you know, a good sum, 
they want a return on their investment. Mm-hmm. So if you charge somebody that you used to charge $500 for your work, 10K for that work, trust me, they're, they're going to want a return. They're not going to be happy if they don't get one. So you've got leverage to get them to do the work. It's interesting, uh, though, Nikki, it's, it is something that is out there, period. You know, even for, you know, I think many people that are listening to the show are not necessarily entrepreneurs, though, though, though many are, or they're leaders of some sort. What would you say to the person who is, quote, unquote, an employee on how they could transfer this concept or idea for their own value? Look, if you're negotiating for a new job or a raise and you don't ask for what you're worth, you're not going to get it. And if your employer is smart, they'll pay you what you ask for. And then they're going to be committed to make sure you win and you succeed. If they give you a 2% raise, give me a break. How committed are they to making sure you deliver the best performance? And how committed are you? Well, if you get a 30% raise, well, you know, everybody's got skin in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, not everybody who asks is actually deservant of it, though, Nikki, right? Yeah, well, that's a different story. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's the other side of that uh, component. When you start thinking about your groups now and getting this, these results, uh, what are some of the principles that you have in the new book that really helps you and I and others to succeed in life? So what are, what are some of the principles that you really are sharing in the book? So the book is the story of a young fellow by the name of Paulo Nestor. He is a high-tech executive, a sales executive, and he's good at what he does, but he's discontent. He wants to go out there and do his own thing, but he's afraid. He's got the chattering monkeys in his head going, what if I fail? And so inside the book, he meets some mentors, some guides who teach him what he needs to do to be successful. So number one, the first thing that you need to do, and the first thing Paulo learns in the book, is there's just some hard truths. And the hard truths are very simple, right? Um, if you're not living the life that you've imagined, the sooner you take action to do so, the better. Because otherwise, you're living according to someone else's blueprint. And you don't want to do that. You want to live according to your own blueprint. And you've got to kill off any doubts you have that it's possible. You were put here by God to live a life of purpose, to live a life that you imagined, not to be a cog in someone else's wheel. Listen, if you want to work for someone else, there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you choose that. Don't let that be chosen for you. So that's number one. Another principle is, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. Don't go after everybody. Get specific in your niche or your niche, our American friends, and have a clear message. And your clear message should be that you want to be known for solving one problem better than anyone else. Okay? And that will allow people to seek you out. Well, if you try to solve every problem, no one's going to seek you out. And if you're known for solving one problem better than anyone else, you're going to be the preeminent expert, the preeminent thought leader in your space. You're going to be branded as the go-to guy. And that will allow you to attract, build, and nurture an audience of people and be the authority. 
And that, being the authority, will allow you to charge premium prices. And once you do that, you're going to be living a life on your terms. You're going to be living the life that you imagined. You're not going to be living a life that someone else made up for you. That's very important. And that's the primary message of the book. So if someone right now is not living the life that they imagined, this is the perfect book for them. This book will resonate with their current story, and this book will give them the inspiration, the encouragement, and the courage to take action. So when you think, Nikki, and thank you for that, when we think, Nikki, about many individuals who are stuck, in your experience, what are some of the things that keep them stuck? Fear, doubt, uncertainty. You know, F-U-D, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD. And that comes from childhood. That comes from the chattering monkeys in their own head. That comes from them not believing in their greatness and their value. If you're listening to this, you're a child of God. You are put here to do mighty things. You know, you need to dare mighty dreams. Live the life that you've imagined. If you don't do that, you're going to die with your potential fully intact. And to me, that's the most painful thing of all. Well, you know, my purpose is help others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And the stats are is that the number of people who are frustrated, who are not, you know, engaged in their purpose is nearly 90%. So there's lots of opportunity for people listening. The odds are that somebody listening to this show, Nikki, to you, is the majority of them have some tweaking to do to kind of get into the zone and their purpose in life. 100%, my man. Mm. Well, can you believe it? We only have about five minutes left, Nikki. So before we get into some closing comments and wisdom from my friend, how are some ways that people can get a hold of you and also find out about your book? So that's a great question. I just um, discovered this new technology called a 360 site. So um, this is a website that has everything about me on it all my websites, all my contact information, all my social media, my books, and my podcast. People can even, you know, jump on my calendar to do a call with me if they want. And this 360 site is Nikki, N-I-C-K-Y, 360, the number three, the number six, the number zero, dot com. So that's a really, really great way to get in touch with me. One of the things that I'd recommend they do when they go onto this 360 site is I recommend that they check out my websites and my book and my podcast. And there's a webinar that I have that's under the heading of my websites, which they ought to watch. This is a webinar that's going to inspire them because it's going to show them how to live the life that they've imagined and lead from their heart. Now let the listeners know the name of your podcast, Nikki. It's called the thought leader revolution. Uh, it, you can find it on iTunes or just go to the website, thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. And the purpose of this site, of this podcast, excuse me, is really to help you learn how to stand out as a branded thought leader so that you um, will not be stuck in that sea of sameness. And the guests we have on the show are all branded thought leaders like you, Ken, mm-hmm. folks who stand out in the marketplace and have managed to create some success. And we've had some great guests on. 
we've had yourself on, we've had Dr. John Maxwell, um, we've had. Uh, well, you Barbara mentioned Corcoran you had. Did you not have Chris Hadfield, the astronaut, on too? Chris Hadfield, Ken Blanchard, um, the great Rick Hansen, who I believe is from your neck of the woods. Yes, I know Rick. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, we've had some George Ross, who was Donald Trump's uh, lawyer and business advisor uh, on all his real estate deals. He's 93 years old and still sharp as a tack. We've had some incredible people on our show. Well, thank you for that, uh, Nikki. Now, as we wrap up here, and so people will make sure that this is all in the show notes. People will find out how to get to these different locations, Nikki. What are some closing encouragements, thoughts, wisdoms, wisdom for our listeners that they can take away and just go for it as soon as they turn this podcast off? Honestly, I'd say this, dare mighty dreams. Do big things. Live the life that you've imagined. Your time is now. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Get to work. If you've been thinking about doing something, begin now. Getha said that boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And it does. And make sure that you pick up a copy of my book and that you buy several copies for the people you love the most once you've read it and give it to them as a gift, especially someone who needs to be uplifted because you should buy all of of Ken's books because he talks about purpose. But my book's told in the form of a story and human beings love stories. It's a powerful way to engage the brain and engage the heart and soul. And I highly recommend that if you're listening to the show, that you take my advice on all of these things. Hmm. Well, Nikki, I mean, time sure goes quickly, doesn't it, in these shows? All of a sudden, like, where did 45 minutes go, right? 100%. (laughs) So, everybody, uh, Nikki Billow. Now, my dyslexia, I try to say it as best as I can. I mean, your other site is ecircleacademy.com. And now your new website, Nikki. 360.com. I'll have to yeah, that has everything on it. I mean, if you if you click on that, Ken, I can tell you about that offline. But I think everyone, people like you and I are going to want a 360 site going forward because you can just house everything there uh, in one place. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Well, Nikki, thanks for sharing your wisdom with us today. Oh, Ken, it was an honor to be on the show, man. You are a great host and a great guy. I consider you my brother from another mother, and um, let's do this again. Let's have you back on my show soon, and I'd love to come back. Well, for sure. Well, thank you, Nikki, for those kind words. Uh, you know, everybody that's listening, you know, Nikki is sharing his heart. First of all, I mean, value your freedom. If you're listening to this, more than likely you're in a country that's free, but if not, also just initiate that in your country. Be part of that, where the soul of who you are can be open to all the possibilities. The other one is take action to your contribution. The highest level of meaning comes from the highest level of the contribution. Everybody has been created and made for a purpose or a reason. And so it's your job to find that out and, and just listen again to, to Nikki's words and thoughts as part of this uh, show. And as always, we thank you for taking your most valuable commodity, your time and sharing it with us. And if you like what we're doing, share it, pass it on, let other people know, other people know 
about the show. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.